Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here. Hope your Saturday is going awesome. I am so excited to talk with our guest today. He is a professionally trained dancer, lives in the UK, and he appeared in one of the greatest films of all time, the original 1989 Batman. Welcome to the show, Carl Newman. How are you, Carl? I'm really well, thank you, Scott. Lovely to speak to you, and happy Easter to all the listeners. That's fantastic. Now, tell us, where did you grow up? So I grew up in a very small village called Mount Sorrel, which um, is near to Loughborough in Leicestershire, in the, in the East Midlands, so the middle of England. And I had a really lovely sort of growing up childhood there, grew up at a, a neighbouring farm, and then my late father introduced me to so many wonderful things and I, I listened to all the great music like Sinatra and Nat King Cole but and the Hollywood movies so I grew up loving Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, all those great Hollywood greats as well, movie icons and believe it or not I loved the very kitsch Batman series so I loved Batman as a boy. Oh yes. And who would believe that later I would be Batman? It's just so <laughs> <laughs> so unreal. <laughs> so your first exposure is Adam West. It it was, yes, Adam West. And you know what? I just loved it. It was so cool. I loved the Riddler, the Penguin, uh, Catwoman. They were such great actors and actresses. And, and obviously Adam West was fantastic. I loved the Batmobile who wouldn't. And even that red phone that, that rang in the back oh, cave, it yes. was, was all just so cool, wasn't it? <laughs> and the, what it was like, the Shakespeare's head that they would tilt backwards and push the button, and that, and that would open the bat yes. cave, the bat pole. Oh, yes. All of that was just brilliant, wasn't it? Growing up, you know, you just dreamed of anything like that. And uh, I say that's just what's so ironic and, and incredible that you can have these parallels in life that you – you have such a hero like that, someone you just enjoy thrilling watching. And then the next thing you get this call to say, oh, would you go to Pinewood Studios and uh, meet the second <laughs> unit director? <laughs> ah, so, you know, it is just, funny. Just so unreal. It's funny. Your first exposure is the Adam West thing, which I love. And that was my first introduction to the whole Batman thing. But if you remember, there was quite a bit of controversy when your Batman film come out, I mean, I remember there being interviews with Adam West, you know, are you mad that they didn't cast you? Which I think he could have been Alfred, you know, really yes, that kind yes, of would have, would have worked great. Um, and then it the, would, yes. Yeah. And then the other thing was not like today where Warner brothers gladly accepts that we've got, you know, a Batman over here uh, with wonder woman and those films. And then we're going to make, this totally other Batman character. And then the cartoon one will be different back then. Yes. They kind of wanted to get rid of the Adam West image altogether. Like the, the film that you're in, that was their Batman at the time. And none of the other ones existed. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of sad, isn't it? Like yeah. you say, I, I think he had that wonderful connection, that history there. He would have been perfect, but but maybe just he felt the lesser role in a way. I don't know whether it would have worked for him. I don't know. And so perhaps it, it just needs 
needed to be, you know, a clean slate, sure. I suppose, yeah. and just start again with that. But no, he, he was brilliant. And I, I remember seeing a fantastic documentary about him and I really admired him. He was a very good looking guy. He had a nice voice. You know, he was a good actor. Oh, and I yeah. think he was kind of a little bit cursed, wasn't he, in a way, because the Batman uh, character was so big yeah. and I, I i believe if i'm right that um he didn't get cast so much more after that you know he maybe did some plays and, and different things on broadway or wherever but it, it seemed to contain his scope a little bit more that a lot of people wouldn't look further with yeah. his acting ability which of course was there but that can sometimes happen can't it with typecasting that you can you can have that yeah and that's I, a real shame yeah. It's a real shame, actually. I always thought that Adam West was kind of the American version of Roger Moore. Yes. I, I always I, see them yes. as very similar, you know? Very suave, very sophisticated. Yes, yes. Tall, good-looking, you yep. know, got all those attributes going for them, smooth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, he was very much that way, and I could see him in a lot of those type of roles, let's say. It would be perfect. So, Carl, before you get Batman, you, you get trained up as a dancer. Where did the interest come from there, and, and who trained you? Yes, yeah, so initially, Scott, I, I was a drummer, believe it or not. I, hmm. I loved the drums, and I was playing the drums from the age of 11. And alongside that, there, there was dance there, just visually, let's say. Sure. And then I played um, the drums for a dancing school. So they, I used to play their shows and things. And then I started to dance a bit. And they said, wow, you know, you should do more of this. So I started doing a bit of ballet um, locally. And then another city, uh, Leicester, which people will probably have know of, um, they had a very sc good school there. And that was the same dancing school that I used to play for. And I started doing some modern there. And then I heard about another school, which was run by the county. And they did classical and contemporary ballet. So I went over to them. And what was so brilliant was that they had some brilliant teachers, ex-Royal Ballet, ex-Rombert Ballet, and that was free. So I did that, two lessons, let's say, a week, and then we started to do festivals. And then my friends were going off to London to audition for various full-time uh, courses with some very reputable uh, institutions. And I was dragging my heels a little bit, but then I finally got to do it. And... I went and auditioned for a, a very good theatrical stage type school called Lane Theatre Arts in Epsom, where they run the, the Derby race uh, course. Mm -hmm. And I did three years there and we did everything. We did pas de deux in jazz and ballet. Uh, we did modern, we did tap, uh, national, we did singing, drama, everything. And it was a really very good college because we had choreographers there that had done work on films one of the guys uh, was one of the chimney sweeps in mary poppins no and, way. Uh, yeah great. seriously so there was a really good standard there and they would have guest uh, choreographers and teachers that would come and, and look at the students with the sort of vision of saying well actually you know we can use um, some of these you would be allowed to audition in your second year um, and do certain work which then gave you weeks of your equity card. The money, you know, the, the college would take 
a small percentage of your your fees um and it just gave you the experience um combined training and then i left after my three-year training and i was doing various work and then what was incredible was that i was doing really quite well i, I was um working on some other movies they they as a dancer you have to really you, you sure. can do anything you sure know, so you do all the different styles and um I was at Pinewood, funny enough, doing another job. I was working with an actor called Robert Lindsay, and they they wanted a few couples to do some ballroom sort of tango style. And it was either that job or another one where we heard about the Batman movie being made, and someone had said, oh, um, I've seen Jerry Hall and, and, you know, our ears pricked up. I was thinking, oh, this is really interesting because it's great to be at Pinewood anyway with its legacy. Oh, of the, gosh, you know, yes. As, as you know, Scott, oh, it's done yeah. some incredible things. It's got the, the original Bond stage there. Yep. And then nothing for a while. And then I got this phone call by from Derek Cracknell, who was the second unit director on Batman. I went to meet him, we had a chat through things, and then I never heard anything for some time after that. And then I had another phone call to come back, put the suit on, and <laughs> sort of show them show them what I could do. That's awesome. I got to take a quick break. We're talking with Carl Newman, the uh, double. Stroke, stunt double, yes. Yeah, so I did a lot of the iconic sequences, like when Batman lands on the roof and then he flies off. That's that's me, not Michael Keaton. So, uh, oh, that's so that's actually, awesome. Hey, Scott here. We're having a great time talking about Batman with Carl Newman. He was the double, the stunt double there for Michael Keaton on the set. And he was just telling us how he kind of got the job. Now, I guess that's where I get confused because so so oftentimes there is a stand-in person, there is a stunt double, or maybe there's a double. So were you doing some of the dangerous <laughs> things? The stand-in will be someone who will be there to give the actor a break just to do lighting check. Originally, there was one uh, stunt double. His name was Sean McCabe. They found that with Michael, as, as good as he was doing and as good as Sean was doing, they still lacked an elegance and a grace and a fluidity and some athleticism. So what they decided, Tim and John Peters and Peter Gerber, was that they needed to bring in another element. So they looked at bringing in a trained dancer and I wasn't given the actual stunt credit. When when I'm credited at the end of the movie, I come under the movement double credit. But in actual fact, I did verge over to stunts. Some of the stuff I did was very, very dangerous. And then the other guy that was brought in very much towards the end because they didn't feel the fighting was, was spicy enough uh, was a guy called Dave Lee. So they brought him in to, to do all the fighting sequences. If, if you remember the beginning of the movie and the camera pans up um, Gotham Cathedral and you see some gargoyles. Yep. And then there's actually um, some animation that's used, which is like Batman moves and that's animation. Now, originally I did that scene as a gargoyle, gargoyle and people were loving it because, you know, I was very disciplined. I held like a yoga type pose on the floor in the full Batman oh, that would have been great oh it would have been incredible and I just did sort of small movements it just was so realistic now that was the original scene I, I shot and then they told me in rushes it looked fantastic but why they deleted it I'll never know 
But then, as you know, when the family get mugged and, and the muggers are on the rooftop, Batman lands on the roof. That's me with my cape outstretched, <laughs> just landing very oh, it's awesome. you know, softly and quietly. And then I just literally, the next thing is you hear some sound effects. And then I open my cape and I jump down. And then it picks up where Michael is then. On, on the ground, so to speak. So there's all these key moments, Axis Chemical Company, where I run across the rooftop and stop and look. That was an incredibly dangerous uh, sequence to film because there was wires everywhere. There was a dry ice machine. Ugh. There was the neon sign. It was windy and wet. And there was no safety measures. Could you believe? Yeah. And, and they, they said to me, Carl, you know, just run to the edge of the building and make it very sort of stop look around and then make your cape make it very theatrical and run away now honestly if i'd have slipped that would have been the end of me because oh there was gosh. just no that's how that's how dangerous that was <laughs> <laughs> they probably so, wouldn't do that today no they wouldn't do that would they but i was determined to to achieve that and the way i achieved it was having a sports brain that i I remember when I was a cricketer that as a bowler, you would take so many paces before you release the ball at the bowling crease. And so I thought, you know what, Carl, just measure out so many steps until you get to where is safe. And then, you know, you have to stop there. Mm -hmm. um, and there was lots of me in, in the bell tower. So when the, 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 there's, I mean, there's lots of me all over, but that was a key sequence where I, I've, also crawled out of the Batwing crash wreckage. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was a combination of me and Michael that were doing that. Then we get push the doors open, go through um, the cathedral. But then some real key moments where I push open the trap door, come out, put it back, and then I'm walking around, and then someone's trying to get me, and I do a very theatric, big theatrical turn. Um, that was all me. And then a bit more, and then of course it goes into Dave when it does the fighting. And another great thing I loved doing was the the end, you know, the the bat signal where I'm up on that, um, I'm up on a plinth, and you just see the Batman figure with the lovely bat signal. That's all me. The last shot you know? of the film, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. So that's not Michael. That's me. And um, and people, you know, when I've told them when it's come out in in some of the social media. They're just blown away because they said, "Oh, that I had goosebumps watching that with Danny Elfman." <laughs> oh, <laughs> Danny it's Elfman's just perfect. Yeah. Did, did you study the way Michael Keaton moves, or did you decide to move the way you thought Batman should move? Yeah, I, I didn't really study Michael. I did watch some of the filming going on because when I wasn't let's say required, I, I would watch uh, action sequences happening and it was lovely to watch Jack, you know, because he was an incredible guy with his charisma and his accuracy of getting lines correct and, and just the way he did things. But no, I think, I think with me, I did have a bit of help from William Todd Jones. He, he was, uh, he'd been there right from the start and he was working in the wardrobe, co uh, costume department. So he, he was going through a few things with me, but I think what was fortunate for me was that I had this kind of all round attitude. You know, I'd done a lot of sports and athletics and jumping and my dance as well. And I, I just, even Tim, Tim Burton would, would go through things, you know, what he wanted. And, and then 
you you could bring all that together you know your your own sure. kind of focus and and the way you held yourself because i was talking to a friend funny enough scott only recently and i said you know you can look at people that have been to the best ballet schools in in the world or whatever but he said the end of the day it's you as a person because i found when i did auditions and if there was very balletic dancers there sometimes they wouldn't be able to do what i could do because they hadn't had the jazz training as well so there's all these elements that are so important to to bring that whole thing together and i think yeah it's layered absolutely that's the best way to describe it and um you know, another thing that people don't didn't know was that the Ricorso assassination scene with the goons, um, I took them into a mirrored studio and I taught them how to do some mime. And the idea was that the mime needed to be sort of really over the top. But that was all me, you know, saying to them, look, you know, maybe you should try the sort of the skating type action and then you you can do the the pulling the rope yeah that's right and and it was great so i took them into this studio we practiced all that and then they did it and i thought it looked fantastic it really uh, did it really did (laughs) you know i you picked up on too like batman in that film doesn't turn his head because i guess it makes a big hole when with a cowl by your chin i guess just opens up just looks wrong yeah, I think um, the, the, the often things put on YouTube, isn't there, about different scenes and, and whether they work or, or not, or if there's any deleted scenes. And, and funny enough, there was something about the movement of, of Michael Keaton's uh, neck um, with <laughs> the cow. But I, what I would say is, yes, it was actually pulled down and glued to... Um, to the suit to the to the cape if you like and and it was very restricting but i think being a dancer you would you would know about the neck mobility and i would do things let's say i I would do some neck turns and different things Mm. to loosen that area but yes it, it it did have an effect on the movement but i think again uh my fortunate thing was was having the dance training and and just being able to bring in a, a suppleness of fluidity more. Whereas I know it's very difficult for Michael sure. to, to do that. And, and it was also very difficult for, for Dave Lee because he was brilliant at the martial arts. But I remember when he did the pickup sequence with the fighting and then the director wanted him to carry on from there. But he then couldn't carry on the same way as I could, so I was then brought back in. So it just showed you how difficult it was in that suit. You know, one of the coolest things about this film is it has like an ambiguous timeline. Definitely. I think that was the genius of Anton Furse, um, the production designer. His vision was just astounding. When I when I look back now, and, and I, it never leaves me, you know, seeing that recreation of Gotham City, with the back lot, as we called it, and, and those buildings and that, that sort of, yeah, like an art deco. Yes. Ev- everything there, wasn't it, with, with the look, the suits, the, the, the costume, the cars, very much so, the buildings. Yeah, it was just absolutely incredible. And, and I think that's why there are the, 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 the sort of p- 
purists and, and the fans that still love the 89 movie because all of those ingredients that came together you'd got you got michael keaton who was a great actor um you'd got jack you'd got tim burton you'd got danny elfman you got prince uh, who i met oh, by the way this, did this you really how did you meet now. prince well this was incredible because i i did also a lot of the insert um, pickup shots in the bat wing. So again, the actor's time is very precious and they don't have to do everything. So they've got the bat wing on a hydraulic system and on one of the other stages. And I, I came in and I, w I was doing all the flicking of the switches and all the other bits uh. and bobs in there. But prior to, to going into the bat wing, I, I saw that there was a figure just, just there and, and I looked and it was Prince and we were literally, you know, practically touching, you know, and, and I, I was just talking to him cause I've been a fan of his for, for so oh, many yes. years. And, I was just talking about how how magnificent everything was. You know, I wasn't I wasn't being a groupie or, or over the top. I was just trying to have a normal conversation with him. But but sadly, he didn't want to to make conversation. So I respected that as I as I did with with the actors. I never sort of overstepped anything. And I just thought, well, it's just been an absolute pleasure to be, ah. you know. In, in the room with him and, and be literally so close and to see him in the flesh as it were. And, uh, you know, but sometimes, you know, these things don't always go the way. And yet I've, I've spoken to a lot of my musical heroes over the, the course of time. You know, I've had such a, that's been my biggest passion as well as dance has been music. But a lot of what the listeners also will, will really like is the fact that I was the only double to be involved an awful lot in the publicity as well. So I, I was um, called by the publicity department and they said, look, Carl, we'd like to be able to use you um, taking various photographs and things all over. And we want to sit, show and portray how a dancer looks in the costume. So I was just so oh. glad to be able to do that, you know. And, and so even in a lot of the magazines and publications that have gone around the world, they've been me, you know. Um, you know, things like Life magazine. I did a uh, – David Gamble was the photographer, and I did a, a shot with Anton. Anton was sitting on the Batmobile, and I was uh, standing with the American flag on, on a on – a, cop car you know and oh, that was brilliant awesome and and then with um bob ringwood the costume designer I'd, i did another shot which was like a sort of a make-believe um bat cave but then there's the shots of me and all kinds of things you know some english publications like time out and i don't know whether bravo's uh, um a universal magazine but it was just fantastic because people just loved the way i had the cape outstretched you know oh, if i yes. was outside gotham cathedral and and things like that but the the uh, piece de resistance, if you like, the icing on the cake was when Herb Ritz, who, again, another sort of surreal moment was that I went, you know, I, I've loved photography and I've been fortunate as a dancer as well to work with great photographers. And Herb was a guy that I absolutely loved his work. And, you know, I used to see his work in, in all the, the big magazines like Vogue, etc. But he'd got a really good exhibition on in London, which I attended. And then again, you can't believe you, you've 
witness this guy's um, work and then the next minute you're there <laughs> doing a shoot with him and and he was just such a wonderful guy he really was amazing and he took some really iconic shots of me um in front of the batmobile and i did some different poses which he really loved um so that was thrilling to work with such a a genius like him and he, so sadly sadly left us too early you know he, he got mm. so much more to offer Mm-mm. One of the things you didn't mention that was so perfect about this film is it has by far the best car. It's the best Batmobile they ever did. Oh, yes. I don't know how I could have missed that <laughs> one out. <laughs> because also, you know, that something, again, to illustrate that, that, you know, just even walking in that suit to make it fluid and everything else was something. But you remember the scene where the Joker and the goons have, have sort of created mayhem, if you like, with the artworks, I think, in the Fluidheim oh, Museum. Yeah. Well, and, and then Vicky and Batman escape from there. You know, he, he sort of carries her, you know, flies through, and then he comes out. Well, then the sequence I'm, I'm also really, really proud of was actually jumping into the Batmobile because – We've had this conversation with um, the Bat Force Radio and, and one or two other people through the social media, but they were saying, Carl, how even getting in, sitting in that cockpit is so tight. How did you manage it? But I, I practiced it like a gymnast. So what I would oh. do is I would put my hands on, on, on the top and I would swing my legs in together I just sort of practice this motion, if you like, and then I would I would flick my legs down and then whoosh the cape back, so that I would literally sort of like shoehorn myself into the cockpit. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm so proud of that because you can imagine it it could be very very easy to snag uh, the 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 cape and and judder a bit or, or you know it, it wouldn't look right. But you know if if you look at that. If you get the chance, and oh, yeah, all I'm the time. So, I'm just so <laughs> proud. I'm just so proud of of the fact that it's all in like one movement where I'm in and it's whoosh. I'm straight down, and and, and it's just like fluid, and it's like wow, that's what Batman would do because he of can course do that's what he would do. <laughs> hey, Carl, I have heard because I this I love this movie. I have always read that not all the suits were the same. That some of some of the capes are shorter than other capes like the one in the car i've heard that cape is is technically shorter than some of the ones you walk around in is that true i think yes you know you're trying to remember every minute eye and, and, and information i do believe there was a variation yes i mean sometimes you would need the rods in the cape for instance if if you yeah. were doing anything where the the cape needed to be outstretched and there was there was more emphasis on on that so i i would have said yes there there was a variation and somebody um sent me a question today about you know was your suit different to michael's was it made specifically to you and I said, well, no, actually, the suits were very much a generic size. Ah. But, but, what, but what would happen is that, you know, for Michaels, they would be even more pristine because of the close-ups. But we all had 
you know, the special kind of sprays that we use to dull down or or whatever to, to, to give more of a sheen. So we, we could use those elements to it as well. But yeah, I think our the stunt guys, movement guys, there was more stress around the shoulders and, and the top of the legs, if you like. But um, I would say that really they were all very much the same size because that's what was done, you know, right from the beginning. You know, when the guy had made the costumes, um, he'd done it from a particular size. And so that's why they were looking for guys that were very, very, you know, they could be a bit stockier, let's say, than Michael. But so long as they fell into that format of 5'9", five, 5'10", five, height-wise, etc you know 40 chest whatever that that was fine and so we all we all just fitted into our suits (laughs) did you keep anything from the movie well i i'm very lucky that i have got some some lovely things that were given to me i mean who wouldn't want the cowl or the oh gosh. Or the suit or whatever but that that was going to be a tough tough ass to get something like that the other things i got some beautiful signed photographs from from jack from kim from michael i've kept some of the original call sheets and i've oh, got the publications so but who wouldn't want more but you know for me i just think oh, i was so grateful for for what i did get and there is a very interesting story that i've relayed to when we did the rap party and we, we went to a very trendy nightclub that that was was that's called limelight in london and he actually was so lovely he came to me and he said carl i really want to thank you for your contribution on this movie oh. have you ever worked in america before and i said no i haven't i mean i just wanted to work there so much and then someone came into the conversation uh, interrupted and that emphasis that shift happened and oh. That that's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, you just you just don't know. You're in that moment, and it was taken away. But you know, I, I've said to people, look, if I was going to work on any movie, that would be my choice of all choices to oh, work on the very first. If you had to think about it, you remember the last time you had the bat suit on? Wow. Yes, I mean, well, that I was there right until very much the end so that's i mean believe it or not it is all that time ago scott it is a while yeah it is a long time and and people have said to me oh look would you would you get in it now and i think really i've kept in in pretty good shape to be honest with you i probably would but um yeah i mean i was there 11 weeks so that was a long time to be to be wearing that suit Probably was um, a photo shoot or something promo related. It probably was a. It, it was probably a promo shoot. Yes, I would say so. Yes, because I was involved an awful lot with those shoots, and um, I think what is lovely is the fact that I've almost been this this hidden person, you know, that oh, people didn't realise, <laughs> and and it's it's nice to sort of say, well, hang on a minute, you know, I I was always there and i i contributed an awful lot but it was just how things sometimes map out that that people can have their sort of idea or their take on things and say well no there was only this guy that did that movie but no it's only for the fact of great people like sean reeves reeves fx that does all these you know mm-hmm. he, he's kind of had this suit that he's uh salvaged and he, he's kind of 
redoing, if you like, and his his dedication. I mean, he's terrific. And he was the one really that shone the light more on me and said, well, look, you know, there was four, there was four people wearing that suit. It wasn't just, it was Michael, of course, but, but you didn't know, know about Carl or or you should have known about Carl, but, but he did an awful lot. And, And let's get the, let's set the record straight. It had more just hoopla about the release. I, I think since Star Wars, nothing had come close to, to you know, just the promotional things with this movie. I, I'm surprised yes. you didn't have opportunities to do like personal appearances as Batman and that sort of thing back then. I know. I, it was weird because, the, the, like you say, there was so much hype, wasn't there? It was the most oh, publicized unreal. movie. Uh, most hype movie of, of since Star Wars and probably Raiders and those kind of yep. movies, but no, I I was I was really surprised that there wasn't more of a follow through in a way because you know I mean I I would have loved it if because Prince did um, the Bat Dance didn't he yeah, and things he did. like that you know so there was all stuff. that yeah. going videos going on so I'm surprised that they didn't look a little bit further and say, well, actually, you know, why don't we use, uh, why don't we bring in the guy that was one of the Batman and he's actually a dancer. Yep. You could you have know. been in the OnStar commercials. You could have been like yeah. signing autographs at Toys R Us. I mean, all, all those kinds things. Of things. You would have been great with that. I, who knows? Oh, I would have loved it. That That would have been so much me because what I found was that the Batman movie and working with someone like Tim, allowed even more spiritual and cultural growth in me because, you know, there are times when you, you get limited as a, as a performer. Yes, you, you do the brief, you know, you're there of the, with the choreographer or the director and they're saying what they want. But I think with that movie, it allowed for me to express myself even more. Uh, and, you know, that's what you need to do with, with performers, don't you? It's like anything, they'll shine even more. And, sure. and I think a, a great deal was lost by not looking at that and saying, you know what, we, we can promote this even more in London. We can we can get Carl, he, he, he's the one, you know, especially being a dancer, we, we'll get him to do more. But I don't know why it never got uh, thought about. You never know. How do you feel hearing... <laughs> that Michael Keaton has put that suit back on and apparently he's going to be in this flash movie. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled in, in the sense that, you know, it just proves the longevity that yep. he's a great actor. He, he's, I mean, there's all these comparisons and which will go on forever. Won't they about Bale and Affleck and whoever, you know, and Michael's got the best voice and this and everything else. But, I, I just admire the fact that he's got that ability, that presence. He is the definitive Batman, really, in that sense. And I just admire it. I think it's wonderful. And people have said, well, you know, Batgirl or whatever, you know, do you think you'll get a call? But I've said to people that the thing is that, you know, different people get involved. They they don't always think about who's been there before. Of course, Michael's the main man, so he's going to be called. Yeah. But they don't always think about the incidentals and people that have been involved with that, and it's where it's shot and all these other things. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't worry about that. But 
to answer your question, yes, I, I think it's it's brilliant that he's doing it, and I think he's superb. I really do. It's just proof I mean, that thirty years later, they still that was the best one. You know, they still does. go back to it. It's proof. It's proof, isn't it? It really is proof, and and you know, there'll always be the new school and the old school and everything in between. But we we know what we love. We know that for us, that is the best Batmobile. We know for us that. You know, even if I wasn't involved, I would have felt the same way with that movie because I've always loved Jack Nicholson and I've, I've enjoyed Michelle's, uh, sorry, Kim's uh, work as well over the years. And, you know, all those other ingredients coming together for me, it was just perfect. So it just, like you say, proves the longevity. It proves that everything was right. Um, you know, th there's always going to be slight flaws. And even Michael alluded to that saying that it'll always be standing up to him because he knows how hard that was. You know, the suit became modified over the preceding years. And, and um, you know, that was good as well. But we all knew how hard it was to, to wear and achieve things in that. And that gives you even more satisfaction to know that you've conquered that and achieved it. I've got a Batman suit and it's hell to wear the thing for two hours. I can't imagine 15 <laughs> hours a day for 11 weeks, you know, I mean, oh, <laughs> you know, it had to have been brutal. Well, it was, but I, I've said this and, you know, dancers are the kind of masochists really that they will suffer for their art. And if someone <laughs> says, look, you know, you've got to wear, you know, um, this suit for, for eight hours, they, they won't. They won't worry about it. They'll just do the job. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess so. Provided you can eat and drink in between, it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, that that I just, I mean, one of the wardrobe guys said to me because he had worked on it was probably um, Last of the Mo, no, not Last of the Mohicans. I think it was probably Greystoke, um, which Christopher, uh, no. Christopher Lambert, wasn't it? The Tarzan. And uh, yeah. there was the guys, the actors that were apes. And he was saying oh, that, yeah. you know, they were constantly ripping off their heads, you know, the parts of the costume because they were too hot and they were kind of moaning. And I never once did that. I mean, I would probably pull my cowl off and I'd be like, oh, that's nice, you know. But yeah. I would just I would just have a sip of water and then say, yeah, okay, you know, right, let's do some more. You know, I just you just took it all in your stride because you you're that way inclined, you know, so focused, so dedicated. And I lost quite a lot of weight after the movie. And, and it <laughs> I bet. Played, you can imagine, and it played havoc with my skin, you know, putting this thing on oh, and yeah. off. But, but you know, again, you, you just think, well, okay, that's something I can I can uh, recover from. I'll, I'll have a rest. I'll go on holiday. I'll do whatever. And, um, you know, we're as good as new again. That's right. So, it has been awesome it. having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking time oh, to do the show. I, I've absolutely loved it, Scott. I really am grateful to you for, for letting this, making this happen. And uh, I've, I've hopefully brought some joy to all these fans and, and people that get more of an insight now of, oh of my involvement and, and how some of these things happen. <laughs> I have no doubt. Thank you so much. You guys go have a great Saturday. We'll see you next week on Guatney Unplugged.